Podcast, official podcast of BehindTheBookPass.com. I'm your host, Sites Editor-in-Chief Adam McGee, and joining me for for this podcast, we have the two most regular contributors to the pod and two of our great staff writers at the site. We've got Jordan Tresky and we have Ty Windish. We have gone through almost every division in the NBA by now. Um, before we get back to the Central Division next week in a podcast that is likely going to take us multiple days to record. Um, if, you're, if you're listening to the Central podcast next week, just set some time aside in your schedule because I'm sure it will go along. But before we go back east and we have a look at Central, it's the Southwest Division that we're going to focus in on. Southwest, I'm going to... I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the best division in the NBA. That's a strong limb. It's like a whole yeah, other It's not really. It's not, not making any sort of bold statement. It's the South best division, for sure. Five playoff teams from this division last year. Am I right? No, did the Mavericks make it? Last year? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, five, yeah. five oh. playoff teams. The second seed, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth. That's, that's all right, I guess. Decent. Well, there might even be a bit of a chance of repeating that next year. We'll get, we'll get a little bit into more detail on all of that now. I'll have four. Yeah, I know which one you're going to count out, but anyway. <laughs> we'll start with the team that Ty is going to count out, and that is the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not hearing any argument there. I'm right, Ty, yeah? Yeah, this is... You nailed it. It was not the Spurs. It was that of the Spurs I had on the fence. And I went, uh, oh, I think LaMarcus Aldridge is just a little bit better than super massively old Dirk. So we're going to go Mavericks out. I'm going to hold on to that sarcasm and it's going to come back to haunt you later in this podcast. <laughs> uh, you've, 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 got me, you've got me set up now, Ty. You just be careful. <laughs> we'll start by going through the, the Mavs depth chart. It's a train wreck. Some of it is, some of it isn't. Mm. Point guard, Darren Williams, JJ Barea, Raymond Felton. Shooting guard, where Ty's strong opinions will really come out. Wesley Matthews, Devin Harris, and John Jenkins. Small forward, Chandler Parsons, Jeremy Evans, Justin Anderson. Power forward, 
Dirk Nowitzki, Charlie Villanueva, Dwight Powell, Morris Daly Endure, Brandon Ashley, and at centre, Zaza Pachulia. Oh. I don't know. I don't know who or who made those noises or why, but just <laughs> <Does that mean? laughs> be careful here. Zaza Pachulia. I'm in awe. There should be like raucous applause. Great. That's, <laughs> that's better. Um, Samuel D'Alembert. Oh, but he's at. It, it returned to complete silence. That's what I wanted. JaVale McGee. Then we've got... I, I just love this name. World famous. Jared Famous. World famous Jared Famous. And Saya Mejri. I've never heard of either of those. Um, or Morris Daly Endure, for that matter. Um, let's talk Mavs, I guess. Come on, Ty, what's your problem? It's just not a very good basketball team. I mean, the... the Wesley Matthews, very good player, known as an Iron Man, still coming off of a ruptured Achilles, which is, by at this point in time, way worse than an ACL tear. It's uh, the timetable's longer, the recovery is not as clear. Chandler Parsons is a pretty good wing, but he's definitely not a first banana, and he's gonna kind of need to be on this team. Like this is a team where none of these, these are all guys who were like, ooh, if they were the third best guy in a, a good team, that'd be a, a contender. They're all guys, I thought. By that, by all, I meant um, Parsons and Matthews. Okay, so not Dirk. Two. Not all. No, Samuel Dallenbear should not be the third best player on a contender. That's not what I mean to say. Uh, there's not much depth. It's it's not top heavy or middle heavy. It's just kind of a a bottom heavy roster. Is the best way to say they're not very good, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's just. I don't know. I've seen people say this is going to be a playoff team because of veteran leadership and coaching. I mean, I, okay, there's there's importance to those things. I'm not going to deny that. But you also need this other thing called players as part of that. And I, I don't think they have the players to make a push in this Western Conference. Jordan? <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm not high on them at all as well. I just think they have a lot of problems. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of people would point out the DeAndre Jordan situation on how different the team would be. But I not that different. don't really think it would have been that different. I think they would have still really struggled. They, I think it would. they would have been more of a legit Need to put in that AC, but they still would have been really thin. They didn't even have a point guard at the, the time that that was all happy. The market was right up really fast. They just have a lot of pieces that they want to go. They want to be a winning team, but their pick goes to Boston if they get you know too many wins or if they make it to the playoffs miraculously. And the biggest question. Yeah, the big the biggest question is Dirk Nowitzki. I think he's 37. He's not looking good. He's not have a very good Euro basket. He had a, he, I mean, it's how much do you you want to you want to have a good team with him there, but at the same time you're sacrificing your future. I mean, obviously, literally this year, but even years to come. Like, there's a lot of guys that they 
that they have that are really injury risk or have a lot of injury risk or attached to their names. And Dirk, you know, he for the most part has a clean bill of health, but when you're at that age, it's gonna be hard to try to live up to that point where he's impactful. But. Yeah, they should they should tank. I don't say it often, but I, I think that's the best option here. I wholeheartedly disagree. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're gonna be a team that are gonna storm their way to the playoffs. They could miss the playoffs. They should not tank. They have no reason to be worried about Dirk. Keeping Dirk as the focal point of the team, I don't see it doing them any real damage in the way that doing the Lakers doing that with Kobe does, because the difference is Dirk played 77 games last year, averaged 17.3 points, just under six rebounds, shot 46% from the field, 38% from three, 88.2% from the free throw line. So, I mean, those are the, good numbers. Those are really good numbers. I will first. say though, I I think I think the biggest difference. I really like Zaza, obviously, but I think not having a guy like Tyson Chandler who kind of is. I don't think he's in that. I don't think him and Zaza. You would say you put him in a similar style necessarily. And I think that having it's going to be a little bit of adjustment to play with each other. And. I don't know. That's one big worry that I have because Tyson Chandler is one of those guys where you have a really good like shooter next to him, like how he was with Dirk and both sets of Dallas or Carmelo. He was. That's how they were really good together. I don't know if they're gonna find that with Zaza and Dirk. I don't know. That's just one worry I have. Yeah, I. I'm just not worried. I really. I'm not. I mean, even if we're looking at Dirk even further. So you know what? Do you know what Dirk's playoff numbers are for last season? Not not in general. Twenty one point two points. Twenty one point two points. Ten point four rebounds. Forty five point two from the field. Uh, three point shooting was bad. It was twenty three point five, which is actually it's a pattern for Dirk in the playoffs the last few seasons. But. This is a guy who averaged a double-double in the playoffs, 21.2 points, 10.4 rebounds. But they got yeah, shut out, though. Yeah, they got they got blown out, and the team this year is arguably worse than his cast was last year, and he's another year older. It doesn't have to be worse. I, I, I mean, I said arguably, but I, I would say it is. I don't, I don't think it does. I mean, because Darren Williams, as much as he gets knocked and he's not the player he was... The Nets haven't been bad with Darren Williams as their point guard. It's just that they were supposed to be a lot better than average. He's still probably an above-average point guard in the NBA if he's healthy. Um, I think to write off the Mavs in any way is... You mentioned people people giving them more credit because of the coaching. I think that's well-earned and completely valid. Mm -hmm. I, I do believe Rick Carla will get maybe five extra wins out of a team over the course of a season. I don't think that's unfair. I think he's done that in other seasons, well, too. I, I absolutely agree. I think he'll take them from, like, 22 to 27. I don't I don't see what world this is a 27-win team, even in, the, even in the West. Look at the division they have to play against all those games. They're going to get slaughtered. 
They can't hold up against these other teams. Why couldn't they hold up against the Pelicans? Okay, th- that's one team. The Pelicans. Look at the Rockets. That, that's, but the Pelicans, do you say that? But the Pelicans, uh, I'm not saying they're going to compete with the Warriors, the Rockets, the Spurs for the for the title. This is this is a team who's in the, the eight-seed mix. Why, why can't they compete? It's the Pelicans or the other sort of team who are going to be there. Well, the Pelicans are on the upswing. Their best player is their youngest player. Uh, to be honest, I, the Pelicans have one player on an upswing, and the rest of the team is... Well, that's... Really that Look, we, we'll, get, we'll get to the Pelicans later. Um, but No one on the, on the Mavs outside of Parsons, maybe Wesley Matthews, is going to be better two years from now than they are now. They have to replace pretty much their whole team between now and being able to contend for anything. Besides maybe the eighth seed. And I, I don't see what good getting the eighth seed is. I mean, this is a team who hasn't really drafted that well historically anyway. I don't know if they're going to be able to get any top-tier free agents with this supporting cast. I, I don't know what they're going to do, to be honest. Well, they're, they're not going to tank because that's, that's not Mark Cuban. And yeah. I, he's been pretty pretty clear about it. Didn't he say you've they were talked, talking about You've talked about Dirk coming towards the end of his career. That's part of the reason why they won't tank. As long as Dirk is there, they're going to try to win. And they're going to put faith in him. That And, I mean, there's no still you, you can call Dirk. Dirk's health is phenomenal for, for his age and his condition, considering the minutes he's logged. Um, there's oh. not many guys in the NBA in sort of the prime condition that, that Dirk Nowitzki's in in spite of having played all of those minutes. And not only having played all of those minutes, he's played them all as he's played them all as a power forward, going up against bigger guys a lot of the time who are much more physical than he was, and he's beaten them with his own game. And the thing with Dirk, for me, is that shot does not age. That's the difference. His shot, he can still get it whenever he wants. And I honestly, I feel that. I, I feel that will still be the case this year. And um, that's just something that doesn't seem to be failing him, really. I mean, okay, it's dropped from, from his peak, but it's still above average, well above average in the NBA. He's still... I'm going to go. Go ahead. The one that I know you are most down on is Wesley Matthews because of the injuries yeah, coming back from him. contract. Now, you made the comparison with the ACL. I don't, I don't think Achilles is worse than the ACL. They're both really bad. Um, guys can come back from both injuries Dominique Wilkins came back and had the best years of his career after an Achilles and that's we're talking 20 plus years ago so that's not even sort of with everything they have now with the likes of say PRP treatment I'm I'm not ruling that out at all I don't I don't dislike that contract Particularly with the way their off-season went, and they needed to do something, I don't dislike that because at least if it, if everything else goes wrong and they are going to have to sort of look at life without Dirk anyway, well, Chandler Parsons, Wesley Matthews is is a really solid wing rotation. So I I don't hate it. I think he'll recover. I genuinely do. I mean, if he doesn't, I don't think it's just going to be well. That was the injury, and it just it happens again. He won't be the same something else can happen. I mean, it's it's always easy to pin these things to something that's a given. 
I just don't see it as being a given with Wesley Matthews. Um, this is the West, so it's what makes it a little bit different. But I think Zaza being on this team is perfect because this is a team where people look at, like they looked at the books last year and go, yeah, they're not great. They haven't really got a chance. And it will all just sort of hold together with good coaching, with good veteran players, and they'll be much better than some of their parts. I feel like we're overlooking one massive thing here. This team has zero depth. I, I sort of disagree with that. There's, they don't have players that I like, as in, if the Bucks were looking for players, I wouldn't be going, well, the Bucks need a backup point guard. Oh, J.J. Barea and Raymond Felton are the guys to go after. J.J. Barea has consistently, for years, performed for the Dallas Mavericks. You won that, that series with Miami. I, 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 I'll never understand that, but he does it. And I don't see why he can't do it again. Devin Harris is a good NBA guard, a really good NBA guard still. And people have overlooked him for years. He lost that ex explosive pace that he was first known for when he came into the league. He's really smart and he's a good shooter. And um, They've added John Jenkins, who back injury sort of crippled him with the Hawks. He was the best shooter of his class coming out of college. I, that's, that's the... The guard position's covered, I think, and not the yeah. worst depth in the world. If you move to the wing, so if you move small forward, Jeremy Evans is a serviceable NBA wing. He's a good 3 and D guy, and Justin Anderson is a player I really liked coming out of the draft. Mm -hmm. That's three positions I feel they're in good shape in. Move to the four, the four is where I start to have problems with it, but Dwight Powell was a nice pickup in the second round of the draft, if I remember correctly. Um... Charlie Villanueva, I, I don't get that. I can't, I can't defend that. I don't know what they're saying that they're, they're resigning him again, particularly when that's your backup for Dirk. So when you have an older guy backed up by an older guy, I don't, I can't, I can't quite understand that one. But even at center, okay, Zaza is gonna outperform what everyone thinks he'll be able to do. Samuel Dallenberg, he's fine. I mean, he's serviceable. They've taken they've taken the chance on JaVale McGee because you mentioned earlier and it was a valid point. Tyson Chandler was really important for for Dirk. They're hoping like others have before them and they're probably crazy for you. Yeah, but they're they're hoping that somehow they could get JaVale McGee into some sort of shape, both physically and mentally, where he can play that role of limited offensively but strong shot blocker. Who's going to do a lot of the physical work that Dirk's not able to do? I mean, I just don't see massive holes in that roster. Like many other teams in not just the West, but in the NBA, sure, they're one, two injuries away from the whole thing completely falling to pieces. But if they get good health, I don't see problems with depth. I mean, I, I, I mean, you went through every position, and the, the reaction was always. Uh, he's D. He's good. He's decent with that's with the arm in front of him. That's uh, they're not going to win a championship. I've said that. I mean, well, it's, it's I think it's theoretical depth. Like you, you like to say, it's theoretical. I think this is theoretical depth. These are names we recognize. I just, I, I don't think this can be a good basketball team. I don't believe in too many of these players. Chandler Parsons is good, nice piece, a little injury prone. Wesley Matthews coming off major injury. And then it's a lot of guys who Dirks has excellent health. That's a good point. But he's also been getting older. And 17 and 6 or 8 or whatever is nice, but it's not first banana material. 
you got guys who miss games here, and you're going to have to rely on this depth. I mean, even if a guy doesn't miss a year or a month, if you miss a couple games here and there, all of a sudden you got Samuel Dallenbear starting, or you got J.J. Barea starting with Ray Felton but as your backup. This is, this is the crazy thing, because for, for us to be talking like that, I mean, this is exactly where the books were a year ago. Yeah, it was, but the Bucks play in the Eastern Conference, and that's super important. They don't play in the South Best Division. The coach factors into that, though. It does, but I, like like you said, five wins. I don't know this. I, I, this I don't. Twenty two wins. Twenty two wins is crazy. What What's your number? We haven't got that far yet, so I haven't thought about it. But it's more than twenty two. Yeah, I want to. I want to call your number crazy if you could call my number crazy. Yeah, oh, you will call it crazy. And technically it's 27, because I said 27 with Carlisle. Uh, my number would be 38. That's, how, that's on the, the, the low end of crazy. I'd be surprised if they got past 35. Uh, Somebody as far as I remember, I put, the, I put the Blazers and there was one other team at 34. Yeah, someone in this conference needs to lose games for these like three teams to win 60 games. The, 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 the Mavericks are going to lose games. Yeah, I don't have three teams win 60 games. I have I three teams at least around there. Go on, we're at win projection, so we might as well do it. <laughs> Jordan? Um, I might split the difference. I think I, I think the X factor is definitely Carlisle, but I just think there ultimately there's gonna be a period of adjustment, especially with the injuries. Maybe Matthews and Parsons don't return on time, and they're gonna have to rely on young guys. Um. And, uh, 32. You're both forgetting that Zaza's on this team as well, which is... I like Zaza. I do. It's, it's I worth do like, like, Zaza, but like I just, 10 wins in, it, in itself. But. but I guess it's a it's a 12-team win. Or it's a... Yeah, 12-team win without Zaza or Carlisle. 22 with just Zaza, and then 27 with Zaza and Carlisle. So there you go. I'm actually curious as to what the Mavs schedule is like to start the season. Let me have a look. Because this is a team where that's going to be really important. So, to start the season, I think they start against the Suns and the 28 Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Raptors, Hornets, Pelicans, Pelicans, Clippers, Lakers. That's soft. That's really soft. That's that's uh, Silver throwing uh, cubes of, a little bone there. I say watch them come out 7-3 and three in their first 10 games. Mm. And they could mm. fall on their face from there, but that's... Like that, that's the way, when you go through games like that, I mean, how many teams are they not going to beat? In the East, how many teams are they not going to beat? You can say how tough the West is all you want. These teams still have to they still have to play the East twice in the season, as well as the soft teams in their own conference. 
I think there's a lot of East teams that are going to kill the Mavericks. I don't think it's a lot. I really don't. Three to four. I'd say like six. No, I disagree. Um, anyway, we'll move on from the Mavs, but their schedule is actually... I don't know when it gets tough for them, because I stopped there, but then it goes Rockets, 76, or Celtics, Jazz. Okay, then they go Thunder, Grizzly, Spurs. But then, <laughs> then it's Nuggets, Kings. I mean, there's a lot... By the end of November, they've had a lot of easy games. I'm, they're going to be above 500, play a couple of games at least come the end of November. I don't know. I I think you're you're reading too much into obvious factors, which is the, the logical thing to do, but the NBA is just so illogical. Uh, that's that's like the thing to take from the books last year. It's just you can put these sort of patched up rosters of guys where it might be sort of uh, he's okay. But if you get enough okay guys and that's your depth, well, that's good. You, so many teams have really terrible guys at the end of their bench that if you have 15 guys who are at least serviceable, that works as a team. Oh, um, that's true, but they do not have 15 guys that are at least servable, serviceable. JaVale McGee does not count as serviceable. He's, he's, your, he's their third choice point guard. Or their third choice point guard. That would be interesting. Third oh, choice center. Oh. Um. Well, that would be, there's five positions, there's three for each one. I mean, that means there's got to be three guys at each position that are serviceable. Like, I mean, you, you called JaVale McGee not serviceable. Um, just stop and think of what in the not-too-distant past. He was the starter for most of that George Carl Nuggets team. Um, they, they win 60 games, 50 games, what was it? 50 games. And then Carl got fired for refusing to play him the next year. Yeah, well, that's Carl's own prerogative. But the point is, Javan McGee was starting center on a team that won 50 wins. That's not long ago. I know, I know I'm talking up Javan McGee and their I can't even believe this at this point. I'm, I'm going to have to save this audio clip for... Save it. Play it back to me. Play it back to me at the end of November. Just the JaVale McGee part. I, they could win 80 <laughs> I'll still play that part. And they'll go, oh, I actually defended JaVale. I've got, oh, I've got a JaVale McGee jersey. That's true. I mean, we're probably related in some way, so yeah. family's got to stick together. You guys have a lot of personality traits in common. I always look at you and say, I bet JaVale would have done the same thing in that situation. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Houston Rockets. This is a very not bad team. The Rockets actually lack depth in terms of physical bodies. You'll see what I'm saying in a second. Depth chart. Point guards, Ty Lawson, Patrick Beverly, Jason Terry. Shooting guard, James Harden, Marcus Torrenton, KJ McDaniels. Small forward, Trevor Reza, Corey Brewer, Sam Decker. Power forward, Terrence Jones, Donatus Modiunas, and Montrez Harrell. Center, Dwight Howard, Clint Capella. The Rockets have... They've got a lot better this summer. I Spoiler alert, I have them as the best team in the NBA this season. 
That's my. I kept hinting at how it was one of the teams out of this division, and everyone thinks it's going to be the Spurs. I have the Rockets as the best team. Yeah. And my, and my title favorite, except for Cleveland, which is if you're gambling, it's obviously a safer bet because they're almost guaranteed a very good shot at the finals. But in my heart, I think Houston's the best team in the NBA this year. Problems I have with that. Trusting Ty Lawson. I don't even, you don't need to trust him that much. He could play sixth man. He's not going to play sixth man, though. But he's going to effectually play it because him and Harden can switch off spells and actually get James Harden to rest for once. I don't know if that's wise either. <laughs> they're, they're a very good team. They've got a lot of depth, but take Harden out of it for any stretches of time. I don't know. don't know what that looks like. I think they're going to give Lawson too many minutes because... I feel like Beverly will still deserve a really significant share of that, and I don't know if they'll be able to give it to him. He was the perfect point guard to have alongside Harden. I understand the ways where they needed some more creativity from the point, but Beverly was a really nice compliment for Harden. I don't know. Just changing that up, it gives it a different dynamic. The other thing that's... The other thing that really needs to be talked about about the Rockets, though, and why I couldn't go near them as title favorites, and I'll be straight out, I have them very, very close. I mean, I, I'm gonna, they're my second team in the West. But at the same time, injuries. So many I mean, injury red flags. I mean, you say that, but last year they had the same thing with much less depth, and pretty much literally every injury that could have happened did, and they were still second in the West. I don't know if they had much less depth, though, in every way. I think they, they've improved their depth this summer. Like, say, for example, someone like Marcus Thornton. Was, it, was that this summer? I'm assuming it was, because I don't remember him last year. Was it that, sounds like this summer. Yeah. Like, that's just... He, that's a solid <clears throat> backup. I mean, that's... He, yeah, Marcus Thornton was with the Nets last year, if I remember right. Um, So, that's, that's a nice adi- addition. It just adds a little bit something. They did a good job in the draft. Um, I'm not necessarily referring to Decker with that. <laughs> Even though no, Decker, Decker, Decker's a, an okay pick. He's I, I really liked Montrez Harrell though and where they got him. That was a really nice pick. Um, also, didn't he save someone from drowning a few days or something? Did you guys see that? Yeah, like it was it was a drowning. I think someone got a car accident. Was did the car not go into water of some sort, though? I thought it was just a crash, and he kicked open the window and pulled somebody out. I probably didn't read it that closely, so I'll, I'll trust what you're saying on that. I, uh, it was really scary because like, the, the second part of the headline was cut off, so I just I saw Montrez Harrell uh, kicked. I'm like, <laughs> oh, did he get kicked off something? Did he kick someone? Did someone kick him? And I clicked it, and he's a hero, and I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> So many ways that could have gone wrong. Thanks for sharing. Um, <laughs> no, Montezuma. To be fair, I really like him. He seems like a great guy. Um, I just, I like the energy he brings. It's it's not the sort of people talk about motor all the time, but that's a real thing with him from anything I have seen. And once again, I'm no draft expert, but 
I watched quite a lot of Pharrell, read quite a lot about him around the time of the draft. Um, he did, he worked out with the books as well. Um, I like what he brings. We're just a little bit sidetracked here. But say, for example, the sort of depth. So if you've got power forward spot, Terrence Jones has had injury problems, as has Madi Yunus. If that happens this year, then they've got Harrell. Last year, they had Josh Smith. I mean, Harrell, I like him, but I don't know. If any team has got lucky with having to sort of trust um, rookie players, it's been it's been the Rockets. I mean, are relatively inexperienced or unknown players that have developed into something. It's happened with a lot of their roster, but at the same time, it's not an ideal situation. I can pick off players with pretty pretty significant or frequent injury problems. You have Jones and Muddy Yunus at power forward. You've got Howard and Capella at center. Um, I think small forward is pretty clear, although I think Trevor Reza had a few sort of small niggling injuries last year. He still managed to appear and start in 82 games. So Okay, well, he didn't have any then. Now, disregard Trevor. that one. Beverly, though, injury problems. Did Lawson have some injuries last year? Um, he Lawson, had, like, ankle issues, I think. He started 75 <laughs> games, so a pretty average amount. Yeah, I think he was just missing a game here and there as such. Yeah. yeah. It's up front, though, that that depth could get really, really... It could get non-existent in a really short space of time. Just with... That's the thing, I mean... It did. Like, that happened. I mean, you look at the games these guys missed. Dwight Howard only played 41 games last year. Um, they had Costas last year. He only played 43 games. Terrence Jones only played 33. Monte Yunus played 71. He was the, the healthy one out of the bunch, but still. You look at, they lost Patrick Beverly. He only managed to play 56 games last season. He was out for the entire playoffs. Key role players, Corey Brewer only played 56 games last year. They still were the second seed in the West and the best the West has been in years. I mean, they pushed the Warriors for that seed for a little while just off of James Harden almost alone. If they just don't get as hurt this year, I mean, the Warriors won an amazing, epic, legendary run, and this completely banged up. Essentially, for long stretches of the season, James Harden doing almost everything team pushed them for that seed. Like, the Warriors could not have dropped off too many games, or they could have lost their first seed. That's how good this Rockets teams were, just through James Harden. Now you got Ty Lawson, who can actually score a little bit, and he's a very good distributor. He's averaged 15 and 10 last year, despite being on an awful Nuggets team along there. Plus, I mean, even if you only get 60 games out of Dwight Howard, that's 20 more than last year. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm in love with this team and Harden. I just think now that they, they have more good players, and they just need to avoid the injury bug a little bit more. I, I don't see who's stopping them. See, it's it's the type of injuries, though. It's It feels like they will recur. And they got through it last year, but that's behind an insane season from James Harden. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll have another great season. He's right up there at the best players in the NBA. But whether he can be quite that good again, that's, I mean, it was his season counteracting all those other things that got them out of that hole last year. 
that's a lot to go well. I know you could say, okay, well, look, maybe they get, catch the break and everyone's healthy. On the other side of things, James Harden is incredibly healthy. And if yeah. anything was to happen to him, it's pretty. It's game over for this team, really. I think they could survive stretches. Like a Not, stretch of, what, five games? I, I mean, if, even if they go five and five, if he's out for ten games, they still survive. Yeah, it all depends on timing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if he goes out right before the playoffs, well, okay, then they're probably... Yeah, of course, good. of course. But, and I'm sure, I haven't checked this, I'm sure they have, every team in the West is going to have a couple of those, like, at least four-game murder stretches where it's just like, you know, Spurs, Clippers, Grizzlies, Spurs, or something like that. If it's right then, well, yeah, they're probably losing at least three of those games. But I, I don't know, I just, I'm a big believer in Harden. I think his success is easily sustainable if he's healthy. Because what he does is just he, he dishes threes to his teammates and they're always open because you have to double him. And he gets to the line and he's not just going to not be able to shoot free throws anymore. And, I mean, he can score from pretty much anywhere, but I don't know. I, I, I'm a huge Harden guy. I think he deserved the MVP last season. And I just think he's going to go out and get it this year by having the best team this time. I agree he should have got it last year and he might be my favorite player in the NBA on a team that I don't sort of support or closely follow. Um, I don't think he'll be MVP. I think that's... I have a feeling that'll be LeBron's again this year. Um, win projections. Yeah, yeah if, they, if they're not hurt, that's a good call. Sorry. Uh, 58. Uh, I'm trying to... I feel like I wrote all this down. I don't remember. And I want to say, because I'm, I'm seeing history. Uh, I'm going to get so ridiculed for this. I want to say it was around 64. 64? I have them at 64. I think Clips at 62. And I think Warriors or Spurs or something like 60. This is why I have. To, I, I, I have don't no know if that, I don't know if that is actually possible. It's definitely possible. I'm super low on a lot of teams. Um, let me see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember my win projections. That's the, that's gotta be possible. I can't remember what I had the Clippers at. Simply. <sighs> 58. I think I had them at 58. I had the Warriors at 56. I'll slot the Rockets in at 59. Second best? Yeah. We'll get to the best soon, I'm sure. Just mm -hmm. by process of elimination, we've already done the other two Western divisions. <laughs> it's the Pelicans. I love the Pelicans. <laughs> I knew it. Eric Gordon is just he's the second coming of Michael Jordan. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Jordan, did you give your projection? Yeah, it's after the year. Oh, that, that must have been before Ty distracted me with his. <laughs> Ty, you probably know, but you talk to yourself there for a good minute or so. 
<laughs> when? Oh, I talked about my predictions. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I thought I wrote this down, and anyway, moving on. The Memphis Grizzlies. Oh. Depth chart: point guard Mike Conley, Ben Udrick, Russ Smith. Shooting guard. I, I'm gonna say straight off. I think they've got something a little bit sort of off going on here in this depth chart from ESPN. Not for the not for the first or last time. But shooting guard Courtney Lee, Vince Carter, Jordan Adams. Small forward Tony Allen, Jeff Green, Matt Barnes. Power forward Zach Randolph, Brandon Wright. What the? Uh, to Michael Green. And Jarrell Martin. And then center, Marcus Hall and Jarnell Stokes. Um, I'm almost surprised you didn't just say Costa Kufis by reflex. It just <laughs> seems like every time you I don't know, it just feels weird to not have him on there. Yeah, the backup center to begin with is Brandon Wright. Yeah. I don't know what ESPN are thinking here. Um, also, I think I'd switch Tony Allen and Vince Carter's positions. <laughs> am I on my own on that or I, I, if, I don't think you can ever win a title starting Tony Allen on a basketball team in the NBA I mean you can't have someone playing 30 some minutes a game who literally cannot score the basketball if left wide open I'm not sure that that's true did the Celtics been true in the last what? few years Kendrick Perkins for the Celtics I guess. Oh, I, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true at all. And particularly, the difference is Kendrick Perkins offered nothing, really. Uh, Tony Allen definitely offered something. Kendrick Perkins had a lot better supporting cast. Yeah, but just so we're talking in hypotheticals here. Well, okay, I mean, you can't go all extreme on me. I'm not going to extreme, but I think you can win. I mean, this team has proven they've got close. Okay, if you put two of like the best 20 players in league history around a guy who can't score, then yes, they can probably win a title. Maybe 20 is a stretch, maybe 30. I don't know, Paul Pierce and KG are legends. Maybe 20 is not a stretch. Every year when, for the last, say, four years, the season, before season starts, I look at it and I go, I think the Grizzlies can actually just, it's hard to see a surprise in the West, but if ever a team is going to do it, it's going to be the Grizzlies. They've just got enough about them in so many ways that it's like, could that team on their, on their given night, could they come and beat any of those top teams in a series? It, that's the thing, you don't feel like it's a one-off. And they've proven that against really good teams over the years. They haven't necessarily come out on top. But they always sort of push teams close. They generally have a gear that they can find, and that's that's something important. I would argue that that's more to their play style than anything else. I mean, they kind of just grind games down to a halt. It's hard to blow them out. But that's a strength. I mean, it's a strength, but it just makes things look maybe a little less lopsided. 
there was a there genuinely was like it's easy to to forget it, but there was a time where the Grizzlies could easily have gone and taken that Warrior series. Yeah, until the the Tony Allen thing came about. They gave they gave the the Warriors more trouble, I'd say, than the Cavs did. Yeah, I would agree. If they had another shooter, I mean, it's always the Memphis Memphis's problem has always been that they had one more shooter. The way that Jeff Green hasn't worked out for them is a disaster because you're you're completely right, Jordan. If if they got Jeff Green who was in Boston or Jeff Green who was in OKC, it's problem solved. I mean, you can see why they made that sort of deal. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, I think if any team that kind of what pushed for a deeper playoff run, I think they kind of bit the bullet the most last year. And I just think I think Jeff Green's a fine player, but I think what he does didn't ultimately fix the problem that they've always had. And they coincidentally they got rid of the guy that was always there for them and got better with New Orleans, which was uh, Poddexter. Imagine they still had him on that. I think that that's probably a trade they would probably redo now. I think that would have I think that would have been a closer series. With uh, Golden State and Padres are still that team. Player that I think is a really it's sort of a sneaky good addition. And once I read the depth, <coughs> you sort of forget where he is or what's going on. Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes is is nice totally in terms good. of like that's reading. He probably is going to be like a third choice guy, but wherever he fits in, I mean, this team also has the potential to be like the most irritating team. You might have, say, Mike Conley at the point and Marcus all at center just to sort of balance it out, but they could trot out, say, Tony Allen, Matt Barnes, and Zach Randolph in between. Ugh. How much fun is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I... I don't know. Now, now I'm thinking of all my win projections again because I really like this team. I just... I, I don't think they're gone away and there's still something there. The only worry I'd have in terms of from where they were or chances that maybe they couldn't get better is Zach Randolph and just sort of yeah. when is the tipping point where there's a significant drop-off and that's, that's what's going to hurt them. I think they might have another year, though, where that doesn't factor in. and They might even still be on a phase where if Mike Conley gets a full year of health, he might still be able to take his game to another level again. I don't think you got... Sorry? Contract here? Contract here. Okay. And I don't think either of you would particularly fight me in saying that Conley's probably the most underrated point guard, definitely. He might be the most underrated player in the NBA. I would definitely agree with that. Probably, yeah. I mean, imagine... Imagine if the books could have Mike Conley as their point guard. Oh, God. They almost had it, too, at one point in time. Really? How, how was that? There was, there was grumblings. It was when... Oh, yeah, when he was the backup. Lowry and... They were, tr- they were trying to figure out Conley and Lowry. Yeah. And the Bucks are... I think it was right before... Wait, maybe it was around Jennings. I can't remember. But it was right before... They shipped off Lowry to figure out who they wanted. 
Yeah. And it was it was I, I read about that. It was close for a while between the two of them. They they yeah. legitimately did not know which way they wanted to go. I think it worked out for both players, but I mean, just yeah. uh. I mean, he's one of just uh, he's just one of the best point guards in the NBA. There's not another word to use to describe him. He does so many things really well, and the way he goes about his business and that it is so low key he just plays into that. And you think, what an asset to a team. And the thing is, Memphis are the perfect fit for him. I, I'd be shocked to see him go anywhere else. Um, yeah. It's sort of like the Marcus situation. I was actually. Of course, the Grizzlies aren't new enough franchise, but I was, I was looking just at their franchise leaders um, today for, for for a piece I'm working on, and Mike Conley leads them in so many major stats, like games played, minutes played, things like that too. I mean, he's he's already nearly a legend for the franchise, and he's got so much further to go and, and so much further he could take the team. I really like this team. I'm a little worried about front court depth. I, I see one really serviceable backup in right. You know a way I think they, they play, though? I think um, right plays behind Gasol. You have Zebo starting, obviously, at the four. And I'd say they'll play Jeff Green in behind them. Yeah. Well, yeah. In theory, I mean, if if they get good Jeff Green, that works. If they got average Jeff Green, I mean, if he's the backup, it's not not it's a disaster. Yeah, um, it's a it's a high paid backup, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the part which they don't have the control over. But yeah, yeah. I'd I'd say that's probably the way they'll go with it. They have like Jamichael Green and Jerome Martin are nice young players with potential, but they're not on a team as good as the Grizzlies. They're not going to be thrown in, sort of thrown to the Lions to show exactly what they can do. I like this team. I'm going to have a problem here in trying to figure out win projections that make sense. Um, yeah, you're going to hate mine. Go on, you guys go while I try to figure everything out. Jordan, you go. Um, oh, man. I think ultimately... They'll be a deep playoff team. I think they're going to have a lot of minutes restrictions on their older guys. Try to keep uh, deep rotation as much as possible. With that, I'm going to say 51. 51 wins. I'll go... This is going to sound stupid. I, I can't go that high. I can I mean I have three teams in three teams in the sixties and then the Warriors are like fifty eight, so I'm gonna say forty seven. Um This is tough. Um I'm going to say 57. Oh. I'm actually going to put them ahead of the Warriors. Oh. <laughs> I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. That's super uh, crazy. 
They're going to miss Costa Kufus. I'll say that. That's He's been the best backup center in the league. Brandon Wright is great, though. He's great. Yeah. I mean, the way I the way I see it, from the fifth seed in the West to the first seed, you're looking maybe six games separating them. I, I have it. I have it shaken out different. I have a, a top four teams, and then I got a second tier fighting for the next four seeds. That's only necessity, really, because you can't give out any more wins. <laughs> well, that, but that's why I give them the more wins, though. I mean, it's 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 a double-headed thing. I see four teams as being clearly better than the rest. And that's. I'm gonna that's yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with 57 for the Grizzlies. What I will say is. They could come in. They could come in below, and they could come in a good bit below. If they fall on the right side of the draw heading into the playoffs, though, and by that I mean the opposite side to the Spurs, I think they can make the conference finals. Yeah, I would agree. I, in fact, I really like their chances of making the conference finals. Um, and of course, this is in our. Our bubble that doesn't exist, where everyone plays healthy, and it's like we get to see things that they really are, which just doesn't work that way. Um, but I'd I'd really like Memphis <coughs> Kansas again to the conference finals if they can get themselves on the right side of the draw. That's probably you know in my head that probably plays as much a part in me putting them in sort of the fourth spot just so they're not in a one five matchup in the second round. Um, it's probably wishful thinking as much as anything for me, but don't mind my win projection. I think if they get the right side of the draw away from the Spurs, conference finals for the Wizards. If people record, well, I mean, unless I'm going to leave them there, so they'll be there for people, but there'll be so many opportunities for people to come back and make fun of us throughout the season. I mean, uh, I had the, the Thunder winning 41 games. So yeah. That's a, that's is that more than no? It wasn't more than I had. I remember being really down on them and still having them win more games than you. You still um, said I was crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's fact. The Pelicans. I hate the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like them much. I really I don't like anything about them except for Anthony Davis. Yeah. Quick question for the Pel on the Pelicans, by the way. I noticed this about a week ago, and I was like, "How and when did that happen?" Sean Kilpatrick. Yeah. They I missed that. So, did he not sign? He signed a training camp deal with the Lakers. I think so. So did he get a real deal with the Pelicans? They they could have they could have Seth carried him. That's what uh, Vlade did to get Seth away from the Pelicans. So maybe the Pelicans learned from it and did it to the Lakers. I guess this is a terrible team. I'm looking at the bird rights here at the SB Nation Pelicans side, and this was obviously before before he signed. But I'm seeing. He was going to get looked at by the Hawks and Pelicans soon. Had previous tryouts for Lakers and Spurs. Um, maybe they just tried him Something out. obviously just didn't work out there in LA. Um, don't know what that was. Hmm, interesting. Um, depth chart. 
Drew Holiday, Norris Cole. Same. At the two, Eric Gordon, Tyreek Evans, Sean Kilpatrick. Mm-hmm. At the three, Quincy Pondexter, Dante Cunningham, Alonzo G. At the four, Ryan... Or, here's me jumping the gun. <laughs> At the four, Anthony Davis, Ryan <laughs> Anderson, Luke Babbitt. Not even ESPN got the, the yeah, starter. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, Even ESPN was like, it's probably Anthony Davis. And at the five, we have the most overpaid center rotation in the entire NBA. Oh, we've my got, God. They signed Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> we've got Omer yeah. Sheik, Alexis Aginsa, and Kendrick Perkins. That right there is your first, second, and third team for the um, top 15 all-time. Keep, keep getting them checks. That's your center position right there. Done. And those checks are big. Those are fat checks. <laughs> Dude, I, is Kendrick Perkins guaranteed? Yeah, I don't yes. Know. It's like a it's like oh. a one year though. I I believe. Still. Let me see. Kendrick what? Perkins making nine hundred thousand dollars to play basketball is insane. I it's don't. Probably I don't agree with that. Is he? Is he really like? Is he really? One year. Really well, like, better be- minimum he's on. So okay. Sorry, Jordan. His minimum's got to be over a million. Yeah, it would be. He's been a lot of Everybody talks about him being like a, a great locker room guy. Yeah, he is just bouncing around teams right now. He's a great fighter. Like he's what? How many teams has he's been on the Thunder? Well, actually, that was just starting last year. No run. I mean, the the one common theme, to be fair to Kendrick Perkins, is the teams he's on are, are always good. He's good. He's he's smart until this That's year. That's true. Yeah, I guess. Am I missing a team? I'm. I've got Celtics. I've got Thunder. I've got Cavs. Yeah. I guess the streak's gonna come to an end with the Pelicans. Yeah. <laughs> I saw really. I said, someone give me something to like about this roster aside from Anthony Davis. I feel uh, like there's no point just talking about Anthony Davis because yeah, we all know how great he is, but it gets to the stage where they have to they've got to have something else. I that's why I think they have seemingly the worst offseason. If you th- obviously you can't, I'm not saying Davis's extension was bad. No, I think everything necessary. else that they did was terrible. I really yeah. don't like it, except Gentry. Except Gentry. Sorry. What does paying know. Omer Sheik achieve? Like, I don't know. I don't. I mean, well, it's just he, like, he's a good center. It's actually like we make a lot of fun of that. On some teams, you go, okay, whatever. It's an overpay, but it works in this way. It works in that way. But just for that team, and you've got your dominant big man. I mean, I really, I can't comprehend it. That even just the. It's like the taste in players that they have. Their preference for yes. players is so bizarre. For years, the guards they've they've taken a shine to. It's all the same type of player. Drew Holiday, Eric Gordon, Tyreek Evans. Streaky slash bad. Yeah. It's uh, I mean think about like all those guys are proven veterans and they have one I mean they have Anthony Davis is only like twenty one or twenty two. We're going to be one of the best players if he continues this trajectory. And they have no, like, they have just no one else, like, in that ballpark that's around his age. Like, all these guys are getting older, and 
Yeah, this is a weird. I mean, ugly it's just a disaster. It really like I think someone said I was listening to some uh, someone like do like a, a season preview podcast. Uh, what are people doing? Like? I I don't I don't know what, was it us I don't know. Uh, but they when they talk about the Pelicans, they brought up how like it it's they felt like it was like the same way how the Cavs build around LeBron as he was getting you know in his prime. And it was how disappointing it was. These players, Terry Gavins, these guys are good at a vacuum, but ultimately they're not going to be a part of what they hope to be a championship winning team. That's what's so frustrating about the Pelicans. I just don't, I just don't see it with these guys. I don't. Like I just think, say for example, if you look at their small forward rotation, it's so uninteresting. I mean, could they not have? Someone like Demari Carroll. If if someone was overpaying Demari Carroll this this summer, would it not have achieved more for the Pelicans? I just I just feel like they need players. I don't, they just need players. I don't think they've got basketball players who are particularly good or who offer them a set direction to go in. The whole team is basically well. Um, let's just try to get the most out of Anthony Davis on every given play on both ends of the floor. And yeah. that gets very tiring for him very quickly because if you've got no help, it doesn't matter how good you are. We all know that by now. Yeah. I, I just feel like this might not be the worst supporting cast, but it's it's like we said, it's boring, and I don't just mean aesthetically. They're not high upside guys. Like yeah. These are all like solid, like high floor, low ceiling players. And there's some teams where they would be a good complement if you had like a, a younger core. They're like all you, veterans, though, really, aren't they? I mean, there's that, not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah there's no. Doesn't make sense to surround a young prodigy with these guys. Like everyone, like they're not old, but guys like Drew Holiday, Gordon Evans, being around the, the league for years. They've hit ceilings and primes. They're not going to get way better. That's what that's what I'm saying. They're they're gonna be consistently like okay to good, but not nearly good enough to actually win a lot of games. Yeah. Even with Anthony Davis. Like they would have to hope for some like weird tray offer where someone kinda gets buried on the rotation, he's kinda has a lot of upside, he's young and all that stuff. They would think about like compare like putting another guy next to him like Anthony Davis. It's just it's it kinda hopeful. They should have gone for draft picks. I mean, well, I don't know what picks they have at the minute or what way their situation is, but whatever they have, I'd be selling them now. I'd be, I'd literally be bundling them and going, "What can we get?" Because the team at the moment and with a lot of the players they're tied into, they're not bad enough to get a really high draft pick unless they sort of look out in the lottery. Yeah. And they're not going to have cap space. Or why would free agents want to go there aside from Anthony Davis? I I'd start saying, okay, we've got these draft picks here and see what we can get. That's a risky strategy, very risky, but they've got Anthony Davis tied in for the moment and that's they've gotta make the most of that while they have the chance because That's a five year window. Yeah, take the risk and, and do it right and your franchise has changed forever. If you just sit there and sort of play it year by year and you're slowly building, well then the time comes and he's gone and you didn't even get it. That that's how you the get most out of him. 
I mean, it, that's, it is. It's the, the first LeBron spell, really, in Cleveland. The difference is, in most scenarios like that, you don't get a second chance. Yeah, there's countless examples. Kevin Love, KG. Obviously, there's Ray different Allen. reasons behind it, but Ray well, Allen. Well, I mean, there's a common thread of, oh, yeah, Ray Allen. But, I mean, all those other guys, LeBron, KG, Kevin Love, maybe Boogie, the, the common thread is losing. I mean, you talk about a lot of people have this stupid narrative that players are selfish, maybe. But, I mean, if if you can't get wins to a guy who clearly is good enough, who on a capable team would win games, they're going to leave. It makes sense. See, I don't no even think that, that from, from what you're saying there, though, the common thread isn't losing. It's mediocrity. Because That's the least, same. That's losing in the playoffs. It's not, though. Game. It's not, because at least if you're losing... Your team is actually going to get better quicker. The worst spot well, to be in the NBA is to be completely average. I, I mean, yeah. By losing, I meant not ever actually even coming close to contending. That's like losing. every. If you go and get lose in five games in the first round every single year, that's definitely probably even worse. For a lot of players on that list, that's, that would be doing well. Um I mean, if not to upset you, but if Boogie Cousins loses some five games in the first round this year, I think uh, that would be a roaring success for for the Kings. This is a little bit of sidetracking, but Uh-oh. I just I, I I just wanted to look at the last five years of New Orleans Pelicans picks. Oh God, it's not good. Except for AD, it's not good. <laughs> do you want me? Do yeah, we, let's do this. This sounds fun. Oh, no. Okay, starting in 2010. First round, 11th overall pick. Oh, is this Jimmer? No. No, he could no, he was, Yeah, that was a year later. Cole Aldridge. <laughs> so, who was? do you know who was on the board just after? Or will I, I'll get that up here. So, that was yeah. like 2010-11 draft, was it? Uh, yeah, 2010. Okay, so... Wow, Cole Aldrich, 11th overall. So, oh, you know who went 10th? <laughs> oh. Paul, Paul George went 10th. Oh, man. Uh, this is a snap draft, by the way. Yeah, so after Cole Aldrich, we'll go even with guys who are better than him now, so could, could contribute. Ed Davis, Patrick Patterson, uh, Larry Sanders went to 15 that draft, um, Eric Bledsoe at 18, Avery Bradley at 19, Pondexter, 26. Grievous Vasquez, 28. Jordan Crawford, 27. I skipped over him on purpose. Uh, Lance Stevenson at 40. Pretty good draft. Lots of missed opportunities. Okay, the next year. 2011. They only had a second rounder, so it's not that much. Josh Harrelson. No, but they got Jimmer for that via the books. No, that was Sacramento. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, sorry, it was Sacramento. Because I was going to make a lot of fun. This is this is for you, Ty, then. That draft was actually incredible when you look at players who have actually still making a meaningful impact. But after the Kings draft... The, the five picks, the six, the seven picks straight after him were all... Really <laughs> yeah, so, players. so good. Clay Thompson, Alec Burks, Markeith Morris, Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Vucevic, Iman oh, Schumpert. God. Then even you've got Chris Singleton. Then it goes Tobias Harris, Donatus Modi Yunus. 
Farini yes. went to 22, Miritich 23, Reggie Jackson 24. Oh. Jimmy Butler at 30. Oh, <laughs> I mean, wow. The Kings made the biggest mess of that draft ever. Yeah. Completely out of character. Um, so, okay, in that in that year, the the Pelicans are the Hornets at the time. You're right, down to the second pick, Josh Harrison. What did they, do we know what they traded their pick for? I'm trying to see. I'll, I'll give one player, and you can't, this is like, it's the ultimate revisionist thing, but I'll give one player who did go after Josh Harrison, uh, who would have made them a lot better, and that's Isaiah Thomas. Oh, yeah. He, was he the last pick? Yeah, isn't that amazing what the Kings did with the 60th and with the, with the 10th picks in that draft? Classic second. They're about, literally, a player about five or six times better with the 60th pick. At least at least the Pelicans nailed 2012. Oh, well, we'll get to that. Imagine if the Kings got Kawhi Leonard and... Oh, my goodness. Kawhi Leonard and Isaiah Thomas out of that. And then they paired him with Boogie. Oh. I'm trying to look at teams here who had... That's a fun draft to look at teams who had multiple picks that they might even have traded away. Like, say, for example, the Bulls owned the 30th pick, but they traded away the 28th pick. I suppose a lot of good players were off the board by then. They couldn't have done much better than Jimmy Butler. But their team sort of in the mid-range on that, if you had two picks in that draft, there's a real chance you could be kicking yourself looking at it now, going, oh, we could have had Kawhi and Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Or one of them and one of them and Nikola Vucevic. The Kings could have had Clay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard. They traded away the seventh overall pick and they had then they got tenth. They could have drafted both guys. They ready for two thousand twelve? Yeah, let's do it. Well of course number one, Anthony Davis. Okay. But number ten. Austin Rivers. Here comes Austin Rivers. My favorite. Well, I will say to them, this wasn't a great draft. Mm. It's not great. I mean, you've got... I see four players after him right away that are way better than Austin Rivers. Uh, are you talking Kendall Marshall, John Henson, Mo Harkless, and Jeremy Lamb? Or Terrence Jones. Oh, Terrence Jones is there too. Okay, yeah. Miles Plumley went exactly where Miles Plumley should have went. 26 overall. <laughs> That's perfect. This is Draymond's draft as well. He went 35. Yeah. Middleton, 39. This was a stacked second round. I think we yeah, this was Jay Crowder, second round. Quincy Yates. Quincy Miller. Furkan Aldemir, baby. Mike Sasson. No, the 2K created player, Furkan Aldemir. <laughs> Kylo yeah, Quinn, Casas Papanicola. This is such a good. The second round is nearly better than the first round. Quincy yeah, Acey, too. Quincy Acey is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. I mean, there's no Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, Dan Lillard, but. A lot of weak guys went in the first round of this draft. Strong second round made up for. Okay, the yeah. next year, 2013. They took New Orleans, Noel, and obviously traded them. Stu, what did they give for him again? 
Drew was that, was that Drew? Yeah. Oh. They got. I think I they got like, a first for that as well. This was this was the terrible draft. This was the draft of role players and Giannis. Uh, yeah. This this draft is depressing, man. Mm, I don't know about that. I think it's gonna be it's, it's gonna a be a sneaky lot, like, good draft. It's one of the best international drafts. I mean, yeah, but it's one of the worst American ones. But... Well, yeah. You, you look at big men. Okay, so guys who could legitimately be NBA big men for years to come. Um. So, okay, you've got Noel, you've got Alex Len, Stephen Adams, Kelly Olenek I'm not too convinced on, uh, Gorgon oh, Jang, Mason Plumley, Rudy Gobert. You'd be hard-pushed to find a better sort of center class than that. Mike Muscala in the second round. There's, it's not there's worse drafts. That, that was a deep draft without any... It was it was not top at the top end, end, but it was. It's a good draft to fill out rosters. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd they take, by the way? Oh, we're going Pelicans, right? Yeah. Oh, Netherlands. That's right, Netherlands. They didn't have. They even have a draft pick the year after. Was that to Philly? I would assume. It must have gone to Philly, yeah. Man. And even I just uh, then they last yeah. this past one they took Brandon Dawson who's now on Clippers. But if you Alfred Payton, even if you look at like yeah, that, they had that's what the pick ended up going to Orlando and became Alfred Payton the next year. I don't like uh, this draft that much either, to be honest. They just have a bad history of drafts. Like even after, like they had Chris Paul, but and then like Brandon Bass, but they, the next like four guys are—I don't even know what their names. Is is Dell Demp still the GM there? Yes, he is. On this evidence, shouldn't be. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I would agree with that. I mean, what is he doing in free agency, and what is he doing in the draft? But it's ugly all around. We spent way too long on this now. That was actually that was not Captain Distraction's fault. That was that was Jordan. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> um, win projections. Mm. Forty-two. Just over five hundred. Well, ultimately, I, I I like how I just like bagged on them for like twenty minutes, but they still have Anthony Davis, so <laughs> I I think they're seventh seed. Uh, I think I had the Jazz at forty-four. I'm gonna stand by it. I heard. Don't laugh. Do not laugh. <laughs> Jordan, I'm worried about your Western Conference predictions. No, I'm I'm sticking by it. Sticking by it. So how many wins for the Pelicans? Forty-six. Forty-six. Mm, I think the Jazz are better than the Pelicans. Were they? Were they, a four, they were what? A forty-nine win team last year? Who? The Pelicans? Yeah, they're the AC. It might have been. Yeah, I mean to make 49? the playoffs. Forty-nine. It was not that high, was it? Um, it's forty-five. Go okay. A one win jump is not that out of whack. 
a lot of them are grassing. Um, yeah. Thirty-eight. <clears throat> Ooh. Not not impossible. I I wouldn't be that surprised. No, I, I think lower is not impossible either. Um. If Anthony Davis misses like twenty games, it's going to be a train wreck. If Anthony Davis misses oh, yeah. 20, 20 games, they're like well in the lottery. Um, yeah, because this team has nothing without him. Nothing at all. I mean, what would they even do? What would what would their strategy be offensively or defensively? There's just nothing there. Let's they move do on. Have That's, it's they have Alvin Gentry, but unless he can like disguise. Some of his uh, his old friends from the Warriors as Tyreek Evans and just get them out in the court. It's not going to go that well. Yeah. The San Antonio Spurs depth chart: Tony Parker, Paddy Mills, Ray McCallum, and ironically enough, Jimmer Fredette. Oh. Shooting guard: Danny Green, Manu Ginobili, Jonathan Simmons. Small forward, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Anderson, Reggie Williams. Power forward, LaMarcus Aldridge, David West, Matt Bonner. Center, I'm sort of making face at this now. But yeah. Tim Tim Duncan, Boris Dio, Boban Marjanovic. That's that seven-footer they just got, right? I have never heard of him before. <clears throat> please be a seven footer. Please be a seven footer. He's a center, so I'm guessing he's gonna be close. Seven three. I have this. I know That's this guy. Not, you're wrong. He's seven three, not seven foot. First time I've known of a guy. I remember him being super big. Yeah, I remember this guy. He's seven three, and seemingly he has questionable defense. <laughs> Very low defensive potential, according to Pounding the Rock. He's huge. He's almost 300. He's no Eddie Tavares. Um, no. um, there's obviously some some positives. Oh, there's there there is some positives. A few positives. One negative that I've read a lot about and agree with. Guard depth. You know, I know you're gonna say, "Oh, these four guys are all solid." They're they're solid, but I don't know if solid's good enough considering some of the crazy front courts that this team is gonna run into. I think they're better than solid, though. I love some of what the Spurs have done because they've injected some youth into the roster this year. Mm. A little bit. Ray, Ray McCallum is it? You know about Ray McCallum. I know about Ray McCollum. Ray McCollum wasn't actually that good last year. He's a good player, though. I I think like I like anything I've ever seen of him. Going back a couple of years, I think he's he's capable. I I, I thought it was, this was a Jared a Jared Bayless thing. I thought that too. His career offensive and defensive ratings: one hundred one, one eleven. He's a thirty three percent three point shooter. 41% field goal shooter. I mean, he's playing for the, the Kings' second or third unit, though. He started 30 games last year. He's playing for the yeah. Kings' first unit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know, I, I do. I like his game. We'll see. You could be right. He's, he's one of those guys where, in theory, 
you think you think he's good, but you actually like watch him and this and whole Atiri thing is is now yours more than mine. You you say so often. It works really well. It's a good thing to use. Well, I like Ray McCallum. Jonathan Simmons looked incredible in summer league. Yeah. And you normally don't read anything into that, but the Spurs realized how so quickly just how good he looked that they signed him up. I think it was after maybe the first game of summer league. He actually got a guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be surprised to see Kyle Anderson make a jump this year. He's going to have to. He's going to be a good six-man off the bench. He's going to get the award? The award? Gonna be... No, you mean Kadeem. That's what I'm thinking. He could be a dark about. horse. I mean, that is it. I mean, he has to make a huge leap, but I, I would not be surprised. He, I mean, he looked, again, judging from Summer League, it's terrible. <laughs> very terrible to do that, but he just looked like he had no business being there. That's... That was the thing about him. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, I don't, I don't see that six man thing yet because definitely not even as a dark horse for the award. He because took, I think he's, he took... he's the dark horse on his team to be in that role because he'll have Paddy Mills and manage an whole team. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, if he took enough shots to go up for that award, he would not play any games. If if there was one game where he took the amount of shots Lou Willer Isaiah Thomas took. Pop would bench him for like three months. Right away. Not happening. Spurs don't do that stuff. I find it hard for, to find things to say on the Spurs because it's as simple as like, I mean, once you go into it, their starting five is pretty incredible. Um, having depth, I mean, if, if your you're five guys behind them is Paddy Mills, Manu Ginobili, Kyle Anderson, David West, and Boris Dio, you're going to be pretty good. I yeah. Tony Parker worries me a bit. Uh, he doesn't worry me. He just, he, doesn't, he just does enough. He does all he needs to do, and it's enough. And he'll still have, he'll have the odd game where he goes and he plays beyond that. But I think he just does just exactly what he needs, and that's for the Spurs. They don't they don't need him to do more than that. Yeah, I don't. Obviously, I'm nitpicking. I have the Spurs winning a whole lot of games, but I don't know. Are we all 100% sold that uh, Lamarcus fits in well here? I know Lowe just had a great piece on that. I haven't seen the piece, but yeah, I'm sold on it. Yeah, the essential, the essential thesis of the piece is that look, they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna adapt to each other. I agree, but I think there's a learning curve. I don't even know if there is because they're just so smart. They still do play the opposite way that he has played throughout his career. Yeah, but the, I mean, why they can figure that out is because with Duncan beside him. It's not ideal, but Duncan has had to play centre before, and I mean, Lamarcus doesn't want to play centre, but he's had to play it before, and I mean, there's just, I just think they'll all figure it out. Yeah, I don't, I don't even well. see, I don't see the adjustment in it because I think they can settle into a groove pretty quick because it's, it's places they've been, it's things they've done in in 
the pass for previous teams. I think they settle in, but I I think this team has a, a wide win range. I could see things going very right or fairly wrong. I don't think so. I think uh, I I just I can't see it. I mean, I think my biggest question mark about any player is Tony Parker, and I think they're gonna do. I mean, Pop is already really good with how to rest players, and they somehow are even deeper than they were the last couple of years. Maybe not at point guard, but I—I I mean, I still think it's gonna be fine. Man. It's Having David well. West as a backup, like exactly, that's the biggest thing. Everybody, they keep talking about like, oh, he—he passed us so much money. It's like, well, he's still, even though he's thirty-five, if you, <laughs> even if he plays what fifteen minutes a night, that's gonna be great. And he's obviously capable of playing much more. Like that's, no other team has the luxury of you, you can call them old, but they don't have to play more. So no other team has the luxury of oh, the, star, the starters are going to sit down. Let's let's just watch Manu Ginobili and David West run the show. That's just you don't get that easy. Yeah, they're going to be so good. I I don't I disagree on the win range too, unless there's significant injuries. I think well, that's obviously where it comes in, yeah. But I don't see the potential for really significant injuries. Parker I mean, and Ginobili. A lot of guys who are super old. There's potential for that to happen. Yeah, but they're they're healthy guys again. I mean, there's potential oh. that anyone can get injured, but there's not guys with a real history of really long term. I mean, it's Parker is the big question mark. Ginobili, to an extent as well. But both of those guys, they have a habit of sort of small short-term injuries and even at that sometimes you have to question whether they're really injuries at all or if it's just pop finding reasons to rest his players without getting fined yeah and ultimately like adam said before they're starting to shift how they are put, like putting all the uh emphasis on their players duncan and parker and ginobili are becoming more more like glorified role players. They're trying to make Kawhi, LaMarcus, and I was... I, I wouldn't throw in Kyle Anderson in there yet, but I I bet they would hope someday that he could be that kind of guy for them in, to becoming the faces of the franchise. And if, if you have those first three guys as basically role players for you, for you barring any significant injury, of course, that's... That's insanely great. That's a great thing to have in your back pocket. I, don't, I just feel like we say it every year. Well, you guys don't really. I, I A lot of people say it every year. These guys have to get old eventually. Someday, Tim Duncan will retire. But and you know how you keep those about, guys younger is by increasing the talent around them as they get older, and that's what they've done a great job of. And yeah. the roster has got younger, and that's what I mentioned to start. Even the the role players now are younger, and just all around they've keep bringing talent. I mean, yeah, it's a big worry Duncan Parker and Ginobili being younger. But if you had to told them three years ago that they would have players of the caliber that Kawhi and Lamarcus Aldridge are at now, I don't think they wouldn't have believed their luck that they'd be able to figure out a way to get to that spot. I mean, that's that's what keeps those guys young is when 
Tim Duncan can do Tim Duncan things, but he doesn't necessarily have to. I don't know. I just, I mean, Kobe was really healthy too until he wasn't anymore. But the difference was, no one was looking out for Kobe and going, "Okay, Kobe, um, you're injured tonight. You're not playing." All right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, when do you see Duncan and Parker and Ginobili play like forty minutes? Yeah. When do you see them want to do everything on every possession? It's like, it's they're the polar opposites, and Kobe is the classic case of mismanaging an aging player. And we mentioned it earlier with Dirk as well and how Dirk is aging well. There's there's a pattern. There's the teams who look after their guys or make sure they can surround them with more talent. They do better. I mean, the Lakers, to be fair to them, they tried to do that. They swung really big for defenses with Nash and Dwight. And when that didn't work out, that just set them back so far that they weren't able to really adjust in time for Kobe. Mm-hmm. Win projections. Fifty-eight. I'm gonna go a little lower. Fifty-four. Sixty-two. Pop will not let them win sixty-two games. Guys, rest too much. I think that I think they're good enough to win more than that. And that's factoring in for Pop rest. Mm. Unless he really doesn't want them to win that, and he wants them to be the second or third seed for whatever sort of pop reason. Um, if they stay healthy, as in only sort of small injury here, small injury there, I can't see this team winning less than 60 games. I just can't. Best team in the NBA for me is, is not even a question. It'll be close because that side of the, the conference is so close, but there'll be nights where this team just looks so so dominant and I bet against really good teams as well I just don't think there's going to be enough of those nights to have them win I don't think they need to be at that level that often I honestly don't I think 62 You can hold me to that one as well. If I'd, if you're gonna remember one, I'd rather you prefer me calling the Spurs winning 62 than my <laughs> Dallas projections. So if everyone could just take my Spurs thoughts away from this podcast, that'd be great. Anything else, saying You guys want to finish on this? This is this conference is insane. <laughs> yeah, it's. Crazy good. If OKC is very healthy, there's five teams here who might be better than the best team in the Eastern Conference. Might be, but seriously. Spurs, Clippers, Rockets, Warriors, healthy Kevin Durant, um, Thunder. That's yeah, And you're still leaving the Grizzlies. Grizzlies aren't factoring close for you. If they're in my second tier. I don't think they have the the, the top level players. I'm gonna agree to disagree on that. We'll wrap Ooh. it up there for this week, though. Oh. I I don't want to do this for another hour. It's late. <laughs> <laughs>
thanks to all you people for listening as always thanks to Jordan and Ty for coming along make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes follow us on SoundCloud and check out all that good stuff we post at BehindTheBookPass.com we'll be back next week um, I don't know, I'm undecided I'm just throwing it out there we might in the, the first podcast week we might go in deep on Jason Kidd as a coach why not we've done the roster it seems logical and then we have the big one we have our central division podcast um, I don't we won't talk books and that I don't I think I'm why, why would we talk books and we always talk books yeah, um, yeah. why would we talk books yeah that's, I mean that's all we that's all we do uh, so we'll talk very very deep on the other four teams and maybe how the books will match up against them and um, rather than specifically oh what player could make the difference for the books this year because let's face it we've all gone through that so come back for us next week for them thanks very much for listening bye